the first thing that I would recommend they do is ask themselves, why are they in business? Not just for making money beyond that. What is your personal purpose and what's your business's purpose? Welcome to Rise Leaders Radio. This podcast focuses on exemplary leadership, the type of leadership that brings about positive, meaningful change in places that matter. We explore how these leaders make things happen and the lessons they learned along the way. I'm your host, Leanne Mallory. Today, I'm speaking with Alexander McCobin, CEO of Conscious Capitalism, Inc. We delve into the four tenets of conscious capitalism, which are purpose beyond profit, conscious leadership, stakeholder integration, and conscious culture. We also talk about the Business Roundtable's recent declaration that the purpose of a corporation is to benefit all stakeholders and to generate good jobs, a strong and sustainable economy, a healthy environment, and economic opportunity for all. Alexander is unabashedly passionate about conscious capitalism, and he shares with us the possibilities and challenges for the conscious capitalism movement and much more. As always, you can visit the website for the transcript, show notes, and links at www.rise-leaders.com forward slash podcast. Enjoy the interview. Alexander, welcome. Leanne, thank you for having me. It's <laughs> so great to talk with you. Glad to have you here just outside of Dallas. You're CEO of Conscious Capitalism, Inc. And I'll now refer to that as CCI because it, there's a lot of tongue-tying that goes on because we have CCI, we have Conscious Capitalism, which is a term. We have Conscious Capitalism, the book. We have Conscious Capitalism, a movement. And why don't you just start us off by making some distinctions between the organization and the movement and all that. So just just go where you think is most useful. These are all interrelated concepts, but you're right. They're different at the same time. So let's start at the fundamentals, conscious capitalism, the term or the philosophy. This is a way of thinking about capitalism and business that emphasizes the human nature of these endeavors. And it holds as a fundamental premise that capitalism has been and still can be the greatest force for good in the world, and that it is greatest when the businesses in that system are run on principles like a higher purpose than just maximizing profit, stakeholder orientation, creating win-win-win solutions for everyone they touch, conscious leadership, moving beyond analytic intelligence to also emotional, systemic, and spiritual intelligence, where leaders embody the values of the company, and conscious cultures, where people don't check their humanity at the door, but rather are their full selves at work, and the connection between all of these things and a business actually doing better. So that's the philosophy of conscious capitalism. In 2013, John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods, and Raj Sisodia, professor at Babson College, co-authored a book called Conscious Capitalism that explained this philosophy that had been brewing between lots of business leaders for years before and embodied by business leaders for generations, actually. And that was the launch of both 
an organization, Conscious Capitalism Inc., which is a nonprofit building a movement of these conscious capitalist business leaders who are actively changing the practice and perception of capitalism to elevate humanity and the larger movement. The conscious capitalism movement is not just CCI, the organization. It includes the chapters and communities around the world, the businesses that are embodying these principles, the initiatives that they're taking on to express conscious capitalism and what it means to have a truly human business and economic system. And all of these work together. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I work with a lot of different organizations. And as I explain conscious capitalism, many times they'll say, oh, we're already doing part of that. So for me, the tenets and the book and the movement have sort of created an organizing principle for things that other organizations may have already been doing, like servant leadership fits in there really great under the conscious leadership. Absolutely. And all of the stuff that, you know, the organizational learning stuff that came out in the 90s, that fits in with culture. So there have been a lot of different movements or concepts or organizational ideals that have all come together, I think, under conscious capitalism. So it's been fascinating to be able to pull from all of those different disciplines and have them all now under the same umbrella. It's a terminology that can resonate with many types of businesses that are employing this in their own way. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about using a specific term or a specific definition. It's about the principles that are behind it. And there are so many companies that are running on these principles already and have been for decades, for generations. And we're not trying to get people to use the term conscious capitalism. We're trying to get them to understand the principles and espouse these principles so that they're both walking the walk and talking the walk at the same time. Yeah. I want to talk about the business roundtable, their statement in just a moment. But before I get to that, talk about CCI and what the role of the organization is within the movement. So, CCI's role is to be the foundation for this movement. We're not trying to be, nor could we do anything and everything. There are lots of efforts that need to be undertaken to build the conscious capitalist future that we want. All we're doing is bringing business leaders together who either already are on this journey or are interested in going on it to provide a support network with one another. We're helping them then share their best practices with each other, as well as the challenges they're facing to get support and figuring out how they can be the best conscious capitalists they can be. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, we're helping them articulate and then share their stories with the outside world, not just within the movement, but helping everyone understand the positive power of business and the positive potential of capitalism in the world so that they not only appreciate it, but hopefully more people will go into business in order to make the world a better place. Yeah. And you're doing that. So right off the top of my head, I think of three different ways. You have conferences and you have a conference for the CEO conference that happens in Austin, Texas every October. That's right. That's Is right. That, that still happens. We have a national conference that happens every April, and this year that's coming up in Jersey City. April 14th to 16th. <laughs> right. And I will provide links to everything, to all of these different conferences and everything in the show notes. And then there are ways that people can get involved on a more regular basis in their cities through the, their chapter organizations. So like I'm in Dallas 
we have a thriving community here in Dallas. I think a lot of that we have to thank Rand Stegan and the Stegan organization for being such a, you know, taking such a big stand for conscious capitalism and bringing along a lot of the leaders in the Dallas area. So we have a really great community here. Rand has done amazing work and there are just so many incredible conscious capitalists here in Dallas, which is one of the reasons it is one of the strongest chapters we have. It's amazing. It's been fascinating also just to see how the, the chapter communities have come about. So we've been around for several years now. We're trying, we're finally getting some scale and some stability and some process. There's a new chapter opening up or maybe a new community in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. But each major city at this point has a chapter that people can hook into if they go to your website and just look at community. Is that right? They go to consciouscapitalism.org, look at the communities page, and they will find their local leaders or they'll find out there isn't anyone there and we're looking for people to to raise their hand and get this started, build a community of conscious capitalists in their area. Yeah, yeah. So through these conferences... What is it that you, what do you all provide there? What, what happens at the conferences and in the chapter meetings? The events that we put on, whether it's local, global, or we also have regional conferences now. We actually had our second European conference in Berlin last year, the first Latin American Conscious Capitalism Conference. These ideas are spreading across the world. These events are introductions for individuals to the movement. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to meet your peers if you haven't met them before or deepen relationships with people that you have known for a while. And it's just the start. The events are not ends unto themselves. Once you meet these individuals, once you understand the power of this philosophy, this community, this movement, it's then an opportunity and an invitation for you to go deeper and participate in learning and development activities like going to a site visit hosted by one of the companies in the network or participating in webinars or trainings or having your employees go through that. Or if you're really far down the line, then share your story, find a way to develop your voice and explain your conscious capitalist journey to others. Yeah, I'm kind of grinning here thinking about there's a free market undertone even into how all of this is coming <laughs> about, you know, so there's there's not a lot of rules, you know, people can, you know, create their own chapter or once you're part of a community, there's not a right way of doing it. It's about creating a foundation for people to build the movement the way that they want to. That's right. We need to let a thousand flowers bloom if we're going to achieve our long-term goal, which is for conscious capitalism to become redundant. <laughs> to become redundant and maybe even that the organizations aren't needed anymore. So it becomes such a way of doing business that you don't need an effort, that these just, just happen. When this just becomes the norm and we don't need Conscious Capitalism Inc. anymore, I will be more than happy to step down. I, I'm with you. So let's talk a little bit about what the opportunities and challenges that you see both of CCI and the movement. So let's say the opportunity first. What's happening that looks really good in your eyes that you're happy about and that, you know, looks that we can really leverage. The times are changing. This is an idea whose time has come finally. Mm -hmm. A decade ago when this idea was being kicked around and introduced to conferences and boardrooms, it was being laughed out of those spaces. It wasn't taken seriously. The initial job of Conscious Capitalism Inc., And even the reason for writing the book was to make the case for this, to change people's minds because everyone thought business is just about maximizing profit, serving the shareholders, and everyone and everything else is serving that ends. Nowadays, 
stakeholder orientation, having a higher purpose, conscious capitalism or whatever other name you want to give it is becoming the new norm. It's the hot buzzword right now. I was at the World Economic Forum last week oh, and, wow. it, and walking down the promenade in Davos, you saw banners where businesses were proclaiming how they want to take care of their stakeholders, how they have a higher purpose. And that is such a transformation from where things were a decade ago. So that's what's exciting. And we see this with the business roundtable statement on the purpose of the yeah, corporation Yeah, let's just go right in there. Just talk about the, what is the business roundtable? What did they say? And what's been the ripple effect for conscious capitalism in, in what you've seen? The business roundtable is a group of 190, 200 or so CEOs of the largest companies in the United States. We're talking everyone from JP Morgan to Amazon. And if you know the name of the company and it's Fortune 100, it's probably in there. And in 1997, they adopted a statement on the purpose of the corporation being to serve shareholder interests. That's the reason period. businesses exist, period. And last year, they changed that. They said that the purpose of the corporation is to serve a higher purpose and to take care of all of their stakeholders. They basically took the conscious capitalist credo, reworded it, and adopted it themselves. And that is tremendously exciting because it shows these principles and ideas are becoming well accepted. And these are CEOs making a commitment that this is how they're going to run their businesses going forward that they can now be held accountable to. If they're not living up to it, we are able to say, you made this pledge, we're going to hold you to it, and we're ready to help you accomplish it too. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens here. I actually printed off part of the statement here, and I, it's just so inspiring to me that I read it. I, I forget what it says sometimes, and I reread it. So here's the beginning of the statement. It's a statement on the purpose of a corporation. Americans deserve an economy that allows each person to succeed through hard work and creativity and to lead a life of meaning and dignity. Okay, so right there, it's like, you've got me. We believe the free market system is the best means of generating good jobs, a strong and sustainable economy, innovation, a healthy environment, and economic opportunity for all. And that's the first paragraph. Here, and, here. Yeah. And then you see, if you continue reading, again, I'll provide a link. We see all of the signatures of, like you said, Jamie Dimon, 3M, Accenture, IBM, you know, all of these different organizations have, have signed this proclamation or declaration. It's incredible. I know. I know. Are you concerned at all about kind of the, the greenwashing of this now? I don't know what we would call it, but you know, you say you, when you were at the conference last week, the World Economic Forum, and companies had their banners out, to me, there's always a little bit of a danger that they're using it for marketing, but how do we know that they're actually putting into practice the things that are on the banners? We always have to be on the lookout for that. And even for businesses that have been practicing conscious capitalism for decades, they're not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect business, like there's no such thing as a perfect person. Conscious capitalism is about being on the journey and continually doing better and better. So we have to be vigilant about this, especially for businesses that have not endorsed this before and are starting to do so publicly now and actively work with them to help them go down this path. Mm -hmm. So. It's about what do they do next? They've made this public commitment. We can hold them accountable to it. And we can invite them to connect with business leaders who have been doing this for a long time to learn from them.
It's yeah. more important for the movement now than ever before to do outreach to more businesses and to help them go on this journey. Yeah. So now we have these really large public companies who have made this commitment or this declaration. In my experience through the conferences and through the businesses in Dallas, they're smaller or mid-market. Is that your experience as well, that most of the adopters of conscious capitalism have been in the small to mid-market size? It has been. And very explicitly, when we look at the businesses that we think we can have the greatest impact with, who are most likely to adopt conscious capitalism, not just in their rhetoric, but in their actions as well. It's mid-market businesses, and in particular, private and family-owned businesses, either because they're still founder-driven, who has the moral authority to implement changes like this, or they still remember the values they were rooted in from the very beginning, and they want to maintain them as they grow. So, we not only see these private and family mid-market businesses getting involved with us already, but we are very proactively trying to work with more of them. So that's your target market. When you go out, that's who you're really, you can speak into their listening a little bit better. CCI as an organization, that is our target market, uh-huh. yes. The movement should be working with every kind of business out there. But like we talked about a few minutes ago, there is a difference between CCI, the organization, and the movement. And we're investing our resources getting those mid-market leaders that we think are more likely to take conscious capitalism on and can implement it in their businesses and who have a tremendous impact on their communities. These are businesses that impact thousands, tens of thousands of stakeholders. And if they adopt more conscious capitalist principles, that makes a positive impact in people's lives. Absolutely. So I'm wondering about where you see organizations, the, the typical entry point is, is there a place that's easiest for people enter? And then as they get more and more, maybe a few years under their belt, practicing the concepts or the tenets, is there like, what, what are the deeper levels that you see? And I'm, I'm asking that kind of intuitively because it seems like I see people starting at a certain place and then there's some really hard work when it gets a little bit further into the process. And I don't know if that's been your experience as well. What I've seen is that people come into this from all different directions and at different starting points. But for a leader who has never really thought about this before and who's just thinking, this sounds interesting, but it's very different from what I was taught in business school or what I've heard from my peers in the industry for a long time, the first thing that I would recommend they do is ask themselves, why are they in business? Not just for making money beyond that. What is your personal purpose and what's your business's purpose? And that can be a really challenging question to answer for some people who have never thought about that before. But that's the starting place where you can then start to consider who are all your stakeholders? How do you get to win-win-win solutions instead of thinking in win-lose terms? Mm -hmm. Do the personal work to be a conscious leader and create a culture that supports all of this beyond just the strategy written on paper. So my experience was, again, through Stegen, that so many of the leaders came in through the conscious leadership because they were working on their own self-awareness and increasing their leadership effectiveness. And while they were in that exploration, they started thinking more about the purpose of their business and then the culture. 
and then the multi-stakeholder approach, you know, and that really turned people on too. It's like it made sense. And for a lot of people that particularly the, you know, founder or family owned, that purpose of just pure shareholder value, it wears thin after a while. Like by the second generation, oftentimes there's not the drive to just make money anymore. You know, it's it's got to have a bigger meaning. And where I'm where I'm finding the bigger stretch right now is again in the stakeholder orientation, looking more at, and this is maybe because it's my personal interest, is more at environment, you know, the environmental impact of businesses and the practices, and also you know, wages, you know, do, are there living wages? And I know it's a really, really complex topic, but I think if we don't get to those stakeholders and the community, you know, how is the business participating and contributing to the community it's a part of and seeing that as a major stakeholder that it kind of stays on the surface, you know, it kind of stays in the, in the talking point area. So I'm just curious about what you think about those particular areas of the stakeholder orientation. There's a lot of wisdom in what you just shared. It even goes back to the fundamentals of conscious capitalism, that conscious capitalism, that business is a human endeavor. So it all starts with the individual human being, the leader doing his or her work on him or herself and everything going from there. And it gets more complicated as you introduce more people into right. the mix. Yeah. First, you all introduce those other it, humans. all those other humans. <laughs> you introduce your executive team and then all of your staff. And then you think about other stakeholder groups and it gets more and more complicated because you have more interests. You have different perspectives on how you take care of everyone and what you do. And that does get trickier. So I'm very aligned with what you just said. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And then what about the, like the, the climate, the environment? I still see just so much just breaks my heart, the amount of waste. And and Dallas is, as a city, and maybe it's because of where we are, we're behind when it comes to climate action. And there's a huge climate action committee and things, but we're not doing enough as a city as far as in terms of like food waste, composting, recycling, all of that. And so it may be that it's just more on my mind because we, our city isn't where we need to be. And maybe if we were, I would have a different opinion about that. No, this is a common topic nowadays across the world. And the environment is another stakeholder. Absolutely. That is part of the, the stakeholder model. And we need businesses to be at the forefront of addressing the challenges of climate change and environmental degradation, conservation. Business has the greatest impact in these areas and it has the greatest opportunity to innovate and figure out what the solution is because we're not there yet. And it's not going to come from committee. It's not going to come from bureaucracy. It's going to come from businesses solving those problems themselves, and they need to take that on. Yeah. And they can be great role models too. That's right. You know, if you're, people are coming in and out of businesses all the time. And if they see things like we're not using plastic bottles anymore, everything's, you know, we're putting, you know, watering glasses and then, then washing the glasses. We're not, you know, creating all that extra waste. I just think that when businesses are doing that, people, you know, kind of turn their heads a little bit and go, oh. Yeah, so maybe I'm going to stop buying plastic bottles too. I mean, that's just such a minor example. But there's a role of role modeling, I think, that businesses can and should be playing in this domain as well. Absolutely. 
they need to both role model it and they actually need to figure out the solution right. too because they have ways of doing that. That's what business is about. It's solving problems yeah. to serve other people. And this is a problem we're facing right now. There is an interest in addressing this and we haven't figured it out yet. Well, and I think too, I think that some of these startup businesses that are being started by, you know, kids in their 20s and 30s now, they just have a whole different mindset, I think. And this is in their DNA from the beginning. It it is in their DNA. And this is also a good chance to talk about like social impact and social enterprises that their genesis comes from making an impact first and then money. So they're not as driven by profit. Profit's not bad, you know, so you want to be a a self-sustaining organization. And to do that, you have to be mindful, but talk about conscious capitalism, social impact businesses, social enterprises, B Corps, all of that. I know that there, you all are in adjacent neighborhoods there too, or we are. So how do you see all of that interacting with each other? Similar to how I said our goal is for conscious capitalism to become redundant, part of our goal also is for social enterprise to not even be a term we need anymore. That's just what a business is. And younger entrepreneurs, people starting companies now, are adopting that mindset where when I talk to young people going into business now, a lot of them aren't even using that term anymore. They're just, it's just, what they're it just is. going into business and they know it's to, it's to make the world a better place. And sure, they're going to make money while doing it. And that's the revenue model to actively build this up and sustain that effort to make the world a better place. They go hand in hand. And there are all of these adjacent organizations and efforts that are a part of this larger movement, whether you're talking about the B Lab, B Corporation movement that's doing amazing work, both with certifying companies as well as creating new legal structures that emphasize this higher purpose in the business from the beginning mm-hmm. to fair trade certifications like Fair Trade USA that's actively involved with us or research being done by Just Capital or the B team's work getting high profile CEOs together to be role models for others. There are so many great organizations working on this right now. And we're actively talking with each other actually to form a coalition to leverage one another's activities. Yeah. Again, I'm smiling. No one else sees my smile except me. I get but to I see just, it. You get to see it. <laughs> it just feels like such a wave and my excitement and then sometimes my protest feel like they're going to be like waning or a thing of the past because the new way of doing business like you said, we, we won't even have to have these labels. It, it is just going to be the way. It's going to be the expectation. It'll be the new norm. It'll be the new norm. And, I'm, and I, I look forward to that. So what challenges do you see either for the movement or for CCI, like as an organization? Are there things that you're bumping up against or things that you say, oh, here's our next hurdle that, that we need to get over? There are a few things that are, I would say that we're coming up against as you, as you started to put it. Mm-hmm. One is just public companies face malincentives that mean they're going to be one of the last to really come along with this substantively. They are tied to quarterly earnings. They're tied to incentives based around capital returns in a way that, again, private and family-owned businesses aren't. And even if they have people who want to do good, they're behemoths. It's going to take a long time to change them. And we need to accept that. And that's one of the reasons we need good mid-market businesses to be the right role models for them. And that ties in with a second challenge. 
From the beginning, Conscious Capitalism has done a lot of work with CEOs and executive teams because they're the ones running the companies, they can make the changes, but we're increasingly realizing that they face constraints based on their boards and their capital. If Conscious Capitalism runs up against Unconscious Capital, Unconscious Capital wins. Ron Shake says that all, a lot, former CEO of Panera Bread, amazing Conscious Capitalist who won in the public markets, but realized how difficult it was to run the company the way he wanted to long-term that, like that. So, so that's another challenge. And the last thing I'll say is we need more business leaders to stand up and speak out about this. A lot of them are scared to do anything that's not tied directly to the short-term performance of their company itself, standing up for these larger principles and doing so substantively beyond what their business is doing can be a little unnerving, but that's the way that we're going to introduce this to more leaders. That's how we're going yeah. to make this the new norm. So going back to business roundtable, and those are all public companies that are facing the, you know, the quarterly earnings conversations in their boards. Do you happen to know how all of that is, is working? So we've been in conversation with the business roundtable since their announcement. We actually had one of their leaders come out to our CEO summit last year and talk about why they adopted this change. And I think they didn't know what kind of reaction they were going to get. Yeah, they did not yeah. expect it to be so overwhelming, both positive and negative. Hmm. There still have been critics of the business roundtable adopting the stance and not all of their members signed that letter. So they are still working through the implications themselves. But I think they recognize that they can't just put this statement out there and then walk away. If they don't take action on it, it's going to be worse than if they hadn't said anything at all. Yes. So it's time for them to work with businesses that have been doing this for a long time to put new initiatives into place and to really show that they're following through on this new commitment. So what feels important? So I've asked most of the questions that I was interested in. And I said, we'll just let this conversation go. But if you had a, a message that, you know, like the most important thing that you want people to hear or to know about, what would that be? speak up and share this with more people, especially if you're in business, share this with all of your stakeholders. The more we get business leaders sharing their own conscious capitalist story, why they're in business, what they've been doing to elevate humanity through their work, and especially doing so with all of the other individuals and businesses that you interact with, your suppliers, your investors, your clients, your employees, and explain to them, this is what it means to be a conscious capitalist. These are the principles that drive us and why this matters so much. And we want you to think about this, reflect on it, and be a conscious capitalist as well. That's both going to help educate people and bring them on to grow the movement as well. When I was doing a little bit of research preparing for this interview, there was a, a link to Just Capital where they actually like did some analysis and they've got their designated metrics that, they, that they're using to measure these very large public companies by. But it seems that the shareholders, the investors, Wall Street, are going to listen to results. And here's the great thing. Conscious capitalism delivers results. And we're just going to have to repeat this message over and over and keep showing the successes over and over because this is a paradigm shift. This is a Copernican revolution in business. <laughs> Copernican. <laughs> when when yeah. Galileo and Copernicus first said that the sun was at the center of the solar system, not the earth, 
they were relying upon data, they were making the right arguments, but it took a long time for others in the scientific community to accept that data, for them to realize that this actually was the case because the model just made more sense with all the data that they had. We're doing the same thing here, putting people at the center of business and profit rotating around people instead of profit at the center with people rotating around that. And it's just going to take a while for everyone to come on board with realizing this is just a better way of doing business. Yeah, love that. So speaking of getting the word out, I want to make sure that you talk a little bit about the conference that's coming up in April, Conscious Capitalism Conference. This is our annual conference, April 14th to 16th. And this is an opportunity for everyone in the conscious capitalism movement to come together to hear what's latest and greatest and develop their skills, energize themselves to go out and keep doing this work that's so important afterwards. We have three tracks this year, one for executives to come in, managers on up and understand how they can run their businesses more effectively, one for investors in the capital space. We're being proactive and introducing conscious capitalism to more capital sources and another for the advocates and amplifiers students, professors, media. If you're not running a business, if you're not in a business right now, but you support this, you're still welcome at the event. We're going to have sessions specifically for you to help empower you to share these ideas with more people, maybe even get you into business at some point. Well, and the other thing that I'll say is that businesses who have sponsored in several employees, like a whole team of people, it fires people up. It is such an inspirational conference. And, you know, they, they meet people that they would never meet and they hear stories that they would never hear. And then they go back to their places of work and innovate something new or, or spread more. Word. It's just, I've just seen people come back from these conferences on fire in different areas, even in their own leadership, you know, so it, it's not just about conscious capitalism, but it's a, a developmental intervention in and of itself. And you're pointing it's a to your transformation. heart. It, is, it yeah. is a personal transformation. So I really encourage anyone that, that is able to, to get out to Jersey City this April. And bring your teams, bring a group from the company, like you said, because they're able to share ideas with each other. They're able to come up with new opportunities that they wouldn't be able to do alone. In fact, this year, we have executive team retreats available in conjunction with the annual conference. So if you want to bring a group of four more leaders from your company out, we'll provide a facilitator, we'll provide space for them to meet, to debrief during the conference, and start working on how they bring these ideas back to the company while they're there. Okay, so this is another value that I didn't know that CCI was providing. This is providing. a new introduction. Yeah, it's a new thing, and you have to have enough people, you know, enough years under your belt to kind of know what people need. But this is, it's not consulting, but you're offering some methodology or some, you know, some a way for people to take this back into their organization and, and get some traction rather than just going to the conference and then not knowing what to do when they get back. That's exactly right. And we have lots of other initiatives starting up now too. We have a consultant certification program that launched this past year where Conscious Capitalism Inc. isn't going to do consulting, but we are making sure that the consultants in our community are sharing their best practices with each other, getting the training they need to help companies go on this journey. And the first class of those consultants are going to graduate in April, ready to go and start working with businesses, which, nice. are, which will be exciting. Excellent. We've got this. We've got the Mission Aligned Growth Summit, which is directly about conscious capital, conscious investing that's going to be held in conjunction with the annual conference. 
there are many initiatives coming up soon for us. And all of this is going to be on the website. It's all on the website. All right, good, good. I encourage everyone to go to (laughs) consciouscapitalism.org and see what's available there. There you go. I was going to ask you if you had one last plug, and there it is. So I just encourage everyone to look in the show notes. I'll have links to all of the different topics that we've discussed, whether it's Business Roundtable, The Four Tenets, whatever. And Alexander, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow morning at the Dallas Chapters kickoff meeting for 2020. I'm thank looking you forward so much. to it as well. Thank you. Leah. All right. Take good care. If you like what you heard today and the direction this podcast is pointed, subscribe to Rice Leaders Radio on iTunes leave us a comment and a five-star rating. You can also check out the Rise Leaders website at www.rise-leaders.com to find the resources I pull from in my coaching and consulting work and that I find central to transformative leadership. If you're committed to leading with a clear vision and from core values and taking your team to the next level, then get in touch. You can reach me, Leanne Mallory, from my website. I'd be honored to hear from you. I appreciate you tuning in today and especially for being the type of person interested in learning more about how you can elevate your part of the world. Take good care.